0: Enjoy the show.
1: Hello there, I'm Jamie McVicker, coming to you from Norfolk, Virginia in the United States. And in this slot, every week I'm going to be sharing with you some of my favourite brass band music, from hymn tunes and marches, to championship contest pieces, to arrangements of popular tunes and movie themes. We've got it all. We started the programme this week with the theme tune from one of my absolute favourite films of all time, Where Eagles Dare, starring Clint Eastwood, Richard Burton and Michael Horden, and with the music by Ron Goodwin, How Could They Go Wrong. And I love the theme music, the real sense of menace with the recurring snare drum rhythms, just brilliant, and played there by the National Band of New Zealand. Sometimes radio presenters must sit and wonder if anybody is out there listening, and wondering what any listeners think of the music that they choose to play. Certainly I do, or I did until now, because, to steal a line from BBC's Top Gear, this week I have been literally inundated with an email. Thank you to Katie for writing in and telling me how much she's enjoying listening, but there's always a but, isn't there? She asks me instead if I could play more music featuring percussion. Well, of course I can. That's why I'm here. Here is the band of Her Majesty's Royal Marines with a great little piece by Kenneth Alford entitled The Two Imps. We'll Two Imps by Kenneth Alford. Not often you get to hear a duet for xylophone and cornet, is it? Next up, another piece that certainly owes a great deal of its effect to the percussion section. This is Campbelltown Brass playing The Mask of Zorro by James Horner. Music from the movie Mask of Zorro by James Horner and played by Campbelltown Brass with some real Mexican flavour, courtesy of the percussion section of course and the euphonium cadenza in the middle. Another kind of brass band music where percussion is usually expected is of course the march. In all the carnivals and parades and gala days across the world in fact percussion always helps to keep the band in step and dare I say motivated to continue. I remember once playing at Foy Carnival in Cornwall. For those of you who don't know it, the route is through steep and narrow winding streets, once no doubt frequented by smugglers in the dark, dark nights. And on a hot day in August, the steady beat of the bass drum certainly helps most bands to continue. Even more than does the promise of a nice cold beer or three at the end. Which makes it perhaps a little bit odd that the most famous march contest in the world, the Whit Friday March Contest in the north of England, doesn't allow percussion in the contest march section. We recently ran a poll on the Sounds of Brass Facebook page, and interestingly, 88% of our listeners who responded said they thought march contests should allow percussion. Hmm, maybe I'm a traditionalist, but I do love just hearing the brass. Playing a great contest march without being distracted by drums and cymbals. Here is the Black Dyke Band, complete with judicious use of percussion, playing one of my favourite Whit Friday contest marches, George Allen's *Knight Templar. See what you think. <laughs> Night Templar, surely one of the best ever marches written for brass band, with or without percussion. Although sometimes it seems that some brass band purists tolerate, rather than embrace percussion, it's hard to imagine most other genres of popular music without it, usually in the form of a drum kit of course, with maybe added cowbell or tambourine. Sometimes of course popular music and brass bands collide, and we get the best of both worlds. To see what I mean, here is the Whitburn Band with a fantastic arrangement by Adrian Drover of the theme from the 70s TV show, The Six Million Dollar Man. I love that, especially the super playing from the band's percussion section. Brings back loads of childhood memories. But percussion doesn't need to be fast and loud, or used to keep the beat. Here in a lovely arrangement by Gough Richards, of music by John Barry, the vibraphone shows off its tender side. This is the main theme from the movie
0: Chaplin.
1: Leroy Anderson classic piece The Typewriter there played by the Yorkshire Imperial Band and of course featuring some outstandingly fun percussion playing. Katie's email got me thinking more about percussion in brass band test pieces. Nowadays the percussion section of course is an integral and important part of the modern brass band sound and many modern test pieces make great use of it and certainly wouldn't be the same without it. It wasn't that many years ago though That it was absolutely positively frowned upon to have loads of percussion in a test piece. Maybe you could get away with a nice soft mallet cymbal roll to help out a big crescendo, or a bass and snare drum to conjure up a military effect or something, but heaven forbid you bring a xylophone, a vibraphone, or worse still, bongos, into serious brass band repertoire. One of the first times that percussion was treated as a real part of the band, in a major contest, was the British Open Championships in 1969. And despite a lot of grumbling from several of the competing bands over the addition of such a meagre percussion section by today's standards, at least, consisting of bongos, claves, triangle, cymbal, side drum, bass drum, tambourine, and woodblock, the contest went ahead as planned. And the gate was finally opened to percussionists to take their rightful place as a vital part of the brass band setup. And the test piece of that year? None other than Gilbert Vinter's brilliant Spectrum. Mm-hmm. By Gilbert Vinter, played there by the Stanshaw Bristol Band. Time for a bit of reflection now, and with Eric Ball's beautiful arrangement of Sir Hugh Robertson's "All in the April Evening." Lovely playing there from the Black Dyke band, with all in the April evening. Staying with Black Dyke, here is cornet virtuoso Roger Webster playing Stanley Boddington's arrangement of Silver Threads Among the Gold. Super playing there from Roger Webster and the Black Dyke Band with Silver Threads Among the Gold. In 1977, Joseph Zawinol of the band Weather Report composed and recorded one of my favourite ever songs. Although I have to say that I prefer the Manhattan Transfer version from I think 1979, for which they won a Grammy Award. If you haven't heard it, go look it up on YouTube or something. You really won't be disappointed, I promise. We're going to hear the Harrogate Band now with an arrangement by Philip Spark of the absolutely incomparable Birdland. all we have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed sharing with me some more of my favourite brass band music. Join me again next Monday or Friday at 5.30pm UK time, when we can do it all again, or tune in any time you like using the Listen Again feature on the Sounds of Brass website. If you'd like to drop me a line like Katie did, please click on the email link or visit the Contact Us page on the Sounds of Brass website. I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, I'm going to leave you with a brass band arrangement of one of the most well-known pieces of classical music in the world. And of course, it wouldn't be half as well-known without its percussion section, featuring drums, cymbals, timpani, bells and cannon. Played here by the Black Dyke Band, here is the finale from Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture. Have a great rest of your day.